This is the Dr. Duke Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Duke Show. I am Dr. Duke, and I am joined today by Alex Newman, the global traveler. Which uh, European country are you in today, Alex? Uh, I'm in Scandinavia at the moment, and I'll be going to pick up a ship and head off to an island in the Baltic Sea very soon. So that'll be fun. All right. You're part of the Bilderbergers, right? You're going to have a secret meeting? Exactly. <laughs> yes. In a smoky room. Yes. Well, we got some good news, I think, today, relatively speaking, and we don't very often say that, do we? Uh, we have a situation in England, the United Kingdom, where England's National Health Service, and when you hear the NHS, you think of socialist medicine, right? England's National Health Service has banned most puberty blockers. This is remarkable. Uh, following up on an early advisory recommend recommendation against providing pu puberty blockers to adolescents who simply feel they are a different sex, the National Health Service of England has now banned their administration except in the context of a formally approved clinical trial. Not perfect, Alex, but as America lurches ever more left, ever more disgustingly pro-mutilation, other countries that have a more socialist bent are already seeing the problem with this. Yeah, it really is remarkable. And it's not even just the UK. I, I mentioned I'm in Scandinavia. You know, they, they've stopped a lot of this, too. They're not castrating children anymore. They're not performing hysterectomies and double mastectomies on little girls. Uh, they were doing this for a time. But what happened was, uh, you know, they looked at the data. They looked at what was happening to these kids. They realized their outcomes were far worse than they would have been if they had just left them alone. And so they slowly come to their senses. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. You know, Scandinavia was way ahead of us on the the, you know, the pride stuff. Uh, I've seen one pride flag since I've been here. Uh, you know, I probably saw a hundred pride flags on my way to the airport in the United States. So um, a lot of the European countries, even the very progressive European countries are pulling back from the brink here. But the United States is just, man, pedal to the metal. It's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, even more, you want something more to be upbeat about. Moreover, in the UK, social gender affirmation will no longer be the automatic approach taken for children presenting gender incongruence. So in other words, simply saying a child saying, I don't feel like I'm this or that, that's enough to trigger all the treatments and the procedures. Now in the UK, that's not enough. You're going to have to go through bigger hoops to get to that ridiculous point. But this is something kind of remarkable. And so I guess I ask you the question, Alex. Um, I think I have an answer for it, but I want you to take a stab at it first. So when did, I remember sitting in this chair with you three years ago and we pointed out how Europe was 10, 20 years farther down the rabbit hole than us. How did we overtake and supersede them in such a short period? Well, that's a good question, Duke. I, I think part of it is the United States has the biggest bullseye on its back. The the forces of destruction, the forces that are hell-bent on destroying Western civilization that are determined to undermine the principles that the West is founded on, they realize that America is the last man standing. Now, I, I would say big parts of Europe are essentially gone. I mean, they, they, they are, you know, they're not coming back. Uh, the, the native population is a minority in, in um, a lot of the major European cities. I mean, London, 
London, Brussels, you know, Frankfurt, the, the native population is literally in the minority now. And so I, I think Europe, for the most part, Western civilization is already dead. In America, uh, you know, the church is still strong. Uh, people's attachment to patriotism, to the ideals of our Constitution is still far stronger than it would be in any place in Europe. And so they're using the LGBT agenda now as kind of a, a battering ram uh, against the church, against uh, moral principles and so on. And so I think maybe, you know, they've come to the point in Europe where they're like, well, you know, you guys are, are done anyway. Let's focus on destroying America. But it, it is truly remarkable, Duke, as you mentioned, you know, the, the Europeans were 10, 20 years ahead of us. And now America has just zoomed past in the fast lane. It's remarkable. Well, we have we can hang our hat on that. We're not quite as bad as Canada. Canada, Canada is still <laughs> is, right out insane. But uh, I would agree with everything you said, but I would add this too. Um, we now have a, a government infrastructure, human infra infrastructure in Washington, D.C. that is irremediably globalist. I mean, we there's no other way to look at this. This is the swamp. This, that, this is what you talked a lot of, the shadow government. This is You've been talking about this for a long time. The difference between now and, say, 20, 15 years ago, that absolutely irremovable body of bureaucrats all across Washington and in many of the state levels too. They're unelective, they're accountable to nobody. It doesn't matter if presidents or congresses come and go. We saw how blatantly when Trump was, Trump was president, how they just ignored, they wouldn't implement what he said to do. And now we see with Biden, they're implementing things that haven't been voted on, haven't been approved. They're just going, the completely changing structures and uh, all sorts of uh, uh, constitutional relationships. This has nothing to do with consensual government anymore. And when you add everything you said, the war, those wars on American values, and then you add this bureaucracy who is really running this country without any voter participation whatsoever, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. It certainly is. And we see that on all different fronts. And you're, you're exactly right. You know, I've, I've talked to numerous former senior officials who served in the Trump administration at the political level, you know, political appointees. Uh, and they said in virtually every case, I mean, I've heard this from across different departments, they would give an order, they would uh, try to set a new direction, and the bureaucracy would do everything possible to jam up the gears, to stop it, to get it litigated, to slow walk it until they could get Trump out of there. Now that uh, they've got Joe Biden in there, it's just full speed ahead on the craziness. Uh, we almost don't even have a constitutional government anymore. I mean, we, we really have now almost rule by bureaucratic fiat, where the president issues some executive order that somebody sticks in his face, he signs it, and then you know the bureaucracy kicks into high gear and just we, we almost I mean, why do we even have Congress anymore? Right. Uh, it's 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 truly amazing what has happened and what's going on actually bears very little resemblance. I think that's important for Americans to understand what's happening. bears very re little resemblance to the government outlined and, and prescribed in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, this is something totally alien to the uh, American system. Um, and, you know, on the bright side, that means it can all be reversed. That means it's all illegal. It means it's all unconstitutional. That means we should be able to turn the clock back pretty easily. Um, on the not so bright side, it is an indicator of how far we have fallen as a society that a big part of the population, and it's hard to know exactly how much of the population is okay with this, but at least a, a big segment of the population is either so ignorant or supportive of this that they can get away with basically totally anti-constitutional government. Yeah, I, the one, th one and only thing I disagree with you about, I don't think it's going, it is not even theoretically easily done because 
already this was built by ignoring the Constitution. We have federal yep. judges at every level striking down states' attempts to stop the mutilation of children, right? We had one, I believe, and it was Arkansas the other day, in which the governor there got a law through uh, suggesting that we can't allow children to be mutilated in the names of transgenderism. And the federal judge said it's unconstitutional. Right. I, how? I don't know, but it's unconstitutional. And so when you think about that and we talked about the bureaucracy, uh, how do you change that? Trump was the outsider, right? Trump was going to go in there as a, uh, an outsider and fix all of this. And as you pointed out, his, the people under him couldn't get anything done. And so, uh, yes, that, to me, what alarms me is that if we follow the constitutional structure, you could fix this in a, in a heartbeat. But yep. Where, where from the executive all the way on down do we see progressive ideologues who are in power even caring about the Constitution? And I'll go one step further because I think this is related to the story we're talking about. It does seem like in Europe, places like Sweden and, and England, Scotland, places like that, they do seem to be a little bit open to the possibility of science. Uh, what I'm stunned about is the degree to which in this country, um, the ones that keep bragging about how they are uh, the science. It's stunning to me how our government refuses to listen to any of that stuff. Uh, so here's what I'm talking about uh, from the national health. This is what they basically say. The clinical management approach should be open to exploring all de developmentally and psychosocially appropriate options for children. However, this trans this gender dysphoria it may be a transient phase particularly for prepubital children and there must be a range of pathways they go further to say a significant proportion of children and young people who are concerned about or distressed by issues of gender experience uh family they when they get to the end of their puberty stage they will have outgrown this alex now what this is obvious we know the truth of this so the greatest pro-science party in the history of the world the so-called democrats <laughs> when it comes to global warming when it comes to this kind of stuff they are unmoved by the science was it just uh, last week biden was calling for more masking I mean, they just don't care. How did we, of all the nations of the world, who has given more to the advancement of science in the last 50 years, how did, it, did we come that uh, we, we literally have no respect for it if it challenges our politics? Yeah, it really is amazing, Duke. And, and one thing that I'll say on that subject is that I believe Americans have been subjected to the most ruthless and the most comprehensive system of dumbing down of any country in the world. Um, you know, e even when you go to backwards third world countries, everybody can read. Even when you go to the most progressive European country where everybody's brainwashed into progressivism, they can still read. Whereas if you look at the government's own data, our kids can't read. They can't do math. They don't know the first thing about science in, in 12 years of, of national science standards they're never going to hear the term scientific method so americans have been subjected to the most total system of dumbing down of any people on the planet uh, and i think that's part of how they're getting away with this uh, it's just really a, a spectacle to behold e even the soviet union i mean they never adopted a lot of the quackery that john dewey was recommending true you know they couldn't access reading material, but they could all read. Uh, whereas in America, you could theoretically grab anything you wanted to read, but most of our people couldn't read. So uh, we do have a, a system of dumbing down that I think uniquely targeted Americans and was uniquely successful 
in America that has just been absolutely catastrophic. Yeah, and there's evidence for this. And you know the funny thing that gets the stunning thing to me is despite not being given a serious education, how many young people are beginning to push back against this? I don't, I'm sure you've seen this story here about young people protesting. We've got students groaning and cheering, uh, jeering and booing when pride, mandatory pride films of being showed in math classes and English classes. A video, this video has been circulating on social media showing students in a classroom reacting negatively to a pride video being shown to them. Amid numerous students jeering and booing, a teacher is heard threatening students with Saturday school if they don't knock it off. You fail your math test, you can't read by the time you're in high school. We can live with that, but don't you question our videos. And speaking of videos, we've got one for you. Hey, I'll warn you guys now, if you're going to be inappropriate, I will have supervision down and give all of you a Saturday school for next year. So knock it off. Okay. They would never send kids to summer school anymore to learn what they've forgotten, but they'll send kids to Saturday school concentration camps to get their heads straight about uh, uh, homosexuality. That's about the course of where we are, Alex, right now. Yeah, and it shows you their priorities, right? As long as you have your pride lesson down, you're good. Doesn't matter if you can't read your high school diploma. Doesn't matter if you couldn't do math to save your life. But as long as you got the climate change and the gender stuff good, you're good. I mean, that's all you really need. That is, uh, unfortunately, a sad but true kind of overarching view of what the public school system stands for today. Uh, at this point, they don't even pretend to care if your kids can read or write or do math or know any history or any civics. But man, if they don't get the climate and the gender stuff right, oh man, you've got a scandal on your hands. Um, how absurd. So this clip we showed you was from a math class. I Let me re, re, re underscore that if I may, I invented a word there. This is from a math class. When you ask, when people ask me across, and you and me across the country, why are kids being cheated out of math? Why is math not something we care about? And you see in a math class, this is Edison High School in Huntington Beach, California. And this isn't the inner cities, this isn't Compton, this is Hunting, Huntington Beach, one of the richest uh, communities in the country. Uh, we don't know exactly when it was shown, but this was to hand handed over to the social media. And we actually have a tweet here about this. Uh, this is from Robbie Starbuck. Some 10th grade students came forward to tell me that this video was played in all classes that day. Every single class had to stop what they were doing. They had to watch this video over and over again, not just in math class. They're upset about it, and they want the school to refrain from playing videos like this. You could hear one of the kids say, why are you showing this to children? Another one per said, groaned, make it stop already. And again, we remind people, these are public schools, Alex. They belong to the taxpayers, but the one, people, the one group of people who have no say over this are the moms and dads and the ki children who are, are forced to watch this stuff hour by hour in public school. 
Yep. And in fact, the, the parents and the taxpayers who do try to speak out and say something about this are demonized as extremists and homophobes and transphobes. And who knows, you might even get the FBI knocking at your door using counterterrorism resources. So uh, really, the, the whole thing is is flipped upside down. But I, I actually think it's encouraging and refreshing to see these kids resisting. And I know we have another story on this topic, too. Um, you know, th- there's kind of a, a natural rebelliousness that kids have. And so I think the more they try to shove this down their throats, the more they're going to speak out, the more they're going to resist. But uh, it has been getting more and more intense. And, uh, you know, this is now mandatory in the state of California and many other states. LGBT indoctrination is a mandatory part of the curriculum in all public schools. So uh, thankfully, it doesn't seem like it's sinking in, at least for most of the kids. Well, we have to have to insist again and again and again that what you and I and the moms across this world, this country are bothered by is exactly what this is set up to do. This is not a mistake. This is not an imposition. Uh, this is not a bad decision for the month of June, Pride Month. This is what the purpose of education in America is today. It is, as we saw in the first story, it's dumbing down kids so that they can't object to the mind-controlling cult that the public schools have become. Uh, still to come, 250 years after the Boston Tea Party, middle schoolers in a Boston suburb channeled its spirits, channeled their spirits against a new form of tyrannical oppression, LGBTQ implied. So uh, after we come back from the break, we'll see more students trying to fight back against this nonsense. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedomforschool.com. Welcome back. And if you had a chance to watch the first segment before the break, you'll know we're talking about education and some good news. Apparently, kids across the country, kids, school kids, public school kids, are beginning to push back against the left-wing LGBTQ onslaught, the incessantness of this in their classrooms. Uh, and so we let's just start with a, the, the, the article here is, is all over the news. Uh, this is a Boston suburb, suburb. Let's see the video here, and then we can talk about it. These displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns and students showing pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption, in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground, but you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and wines. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, mom, that's 
That's offensive to, to me, who I am straight. But even parents like her, opposed to the Pride Month celebration, say the ripping of posters was wrong. I think destructing any property is wrong. I think, you know, that I just think that was wrong. Parents and community groups now calling for the town and school board to act and support diversity, equity, and inclusion. The incident sparking discussion at home on both sides. My thing that I teach my kids is just be kind, and I wish the schools would just kind of pump the brakes on what they're shoving down these kids' throats. Yeah, and in the previous segment, you and I talked about this. The infrastructure of this country has completely shifted from Tradition American values, Judeo-Christian values, that's gone now. What, I, what strikes me about that story and the way it was reported, that the problem was kids were undiverse and homophobic by because they didn't want to have the be forced to dress a certain way. You will come to school dressed in rainbow colors. And if you don't, you are the problem. And th already you can see how the culture war here is largely lost because the new norm is unless you are 100% going to wear your flag colors, no matter what you believe, you are homophobic and the entire community has to come together to com condemn you for your lack of empathy and support for diversity. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right, Duke. But I'll tell you what, this is so encouraging. I mean, the, the fact that young people are seeing through this, the fact that young people are resisting, you know, the, these uh, these government schools, the, the people behind them, the people that come up with the curriculum, the establishment that runs the system, they are masters at psychological manipulation, at shifting values. Uh, the fact that they are starting to lose their grip on the minds of these children is so encouraging. It's something to celebrate. Yeah, they still can't read, but at least they're starting starting to wake up and say, wait a minute, I don't want to participate in this. Uh, I think this needs to be encouraged. I, I think it's wonderful news. And I think we're going to see a whole lot more of it. You know, the, the kid, you can only push these kids so far. You can only push these parents so far before people finally say enough is enough. We're not wearing your colors. We're not going to bow down at this ridiculous golden idol that you've erected. Uh, and that's the end of the story. We're just not doing it. Yeah, uh, of course, as you and I have said for a long time, uh, it's not enough to protest. You got to get your kids out. So we haven't clearly reached that line yet. Uh, so from the article, it's really remarkable. This is Marshall Simmons Middle School in Burlington, Massachusetts. They approved a Pride Month Spirit Day on June 2, uh, at, which was requested and sponsored by the Spectrum Club on campus, a student organization, quote, for LGBTQ students and allies, unquote. The Spectrum Club decked the school out in full-blown carnival regalia, rainbow streamers, pride flag banners, handmade pride month signs, and educational, aka emotionally badgering posters with messages like, why is it not okay to say that's so gay? And a quote by a gay play, uh, playwright, Tennessee Williams, which we saw. So what's happening here is individual school clubs run by supportive or gay themselves faculty are taking over the schools, completely turning them into, as the, I like the word here, carnival shows, advocating and pushing and bullying kids to accept and participate in all of these celebrations. And the pushback is great, but it's stunning how much power the left has to do these things in our so-called public schools.
It is. The fact that the school boards and the administration would allow this. But, Duke, you and I broke the story with help from uh, Informed Parents of California years ago. Uh, We had video that was sent to us of a teacher. I I forget the name right now, but she was on video talking to other teachers about how she was recruiting the most emotionally unstable students to kind of prop up as leaders of these, uh, you know, pride clubs, these uh, GSA, they were calling at the time, genders and sexuality alliance, or it used to be gay straight alliance. Now then it was gender and sexuality alliance. Now they're, they're calling them spectrum clubs. But, um, you know, this is a, a wholly adult led phenomenon. Um, and really, I think we need to start asking questions about these adults. What is wrong with these adults that they feel the need to promote sex and perversion and, and other things to children? Uh, there, there's something really fundamentally wrong with that at a most basic level. The, the term groomer has been thrown around a lot. I think it's very appropriate here. And I think as a society, we need to start really asking questions about the adults behind this. Something is very, very troubling here. The other takeaway, as we're out of time, the other takeaway for me was notice that if you wore your rainbow gear, you were on the inside. If you didn't, that was a problem. But it was really a problem that some kids wore the colors of the American flag, the red, white, and blue. That really bothered them. I've said this many times. When you walk into a typical high school today, you will see, for every one American flag, you're going to see five to ten LGBTQ flags. And that's going to wrap up this show. If you have any questions, comments, or want to support this show, simply visit drdukeshow.com for all of us here at The Dr. Duke Show and for our global traveler, Alex Newman. Thanks. We'll see you next time.